welcome to Small Steps Living, the The podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, bringing you inspiring stories to help you transform your life one small step at a time. Here at Small Steps Living, we're keeping it real. Kick back and And enjoy enjoy the show. show. Oh, it's a fun day when I get to talk to the amazing Jen Shaw. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So many people will know you from your Facebook page and blog at Barefoot Kitchens. And I got to know you as someone who was kind of a rock star in the social media world, helping people create amazing, healthy, wholesome meals on a budget because you've got a lot of children yeah. and so making meals stretch making them kid friendly and you know I've interviewed you quite a few times you featured yeah. in my programs I point people your way all the time but beavering away on a brand new project yes I have emerge is it, it feels like it's just started again but it's really been there for my whole entire life in various forms but I, yeah I I haven't let go of all that I do in food I still love that but I just felt like I was at a point in my life where I just really needed to pursue something more, something that I was built for. Um, So I spent the last 12 months researching, fine-tuning, evolving an idea. You know, fundamentally, I just love helping people. So um, zoning in on young people, people who are um, disengaged or at risk of disengaging. It's such a wide... When we say disengaged kids, we think about, you know, kids who are really running a mark on the streets. But talking about kids who are just having a lot of, bit of trouble in life, you know, maybe they're not doing so well at school or, you know, home is not so nice or, you know, they've got a, a disability or a mental illness that might affect them. So I'm really passionate about helping those kids, uh, mostly because I was one of those kids myself a very, very long time ago. So, yeah, when I say that the idea has been stewing, it really has since I can still remember sitting on the steps of the house. I was 14. I was out of home. Um, life felt pretty shit at that time. And I was sitting on the stairs going, one day this is all going to make sense. Um, all this pain that I go through will be for purpose one day. So it's taken on so many forms. Um, we A couple of years ago we thought we'd do an alternative to youth detention And I I did some study for a long time at university, human services, trying to find out how community services worked. And then, yeah, over the last 12 months, it's really come down to using the skills I've learned in food and creating a hospitality business that is really practical. It gives young people the opportunity to train, get some work experience, build their confidence in the kitchen, engage with mentors. So, it's really hard to get young people who sort of have a lot of trauma to engage with anyone. But we find so far that when they sort of know my story a bit and people like me, they, there's that relatability. So sometimes it's, it, the work experience is there, but just finding an ally in life, particularly if you are a young person who's been on the other side of the law or, you know, outside of the box that society gives you, mostly people, particularly adults, are sort of saying, you know, go get a job, get better, do this. So we, we sort of want to meet young people where they're at in life. No no judgment for where they've been or what they're going through. Just seeing them where they are, finding their potential and helping them evolve that, I guess. So we originally we thought it would be a cafe, which has always been a huge dream for me and probably everybody else on the planet. But um, 
I had to be really sensible about what a cafe looked like for kids who sort of are experiencing those challenges and also the cost of creating a cafe was huge. So it's evolved down to a food van, which has also been another passion of mine. That We can, you know, go to events, but we can also do private catering. So it's actually the perfect scenario for kids who don't want to face the public straight away. They can just jump in a kitchen with some chefs and cooks and cook some yummy food. And as a part of that, we do some programs as well. So we're not just throwing them in a kitchen. They're sort of holistically supported. So we do some basic self-care stuff, you know, the importance of looking after yourself physically and mentally. We do a little bit of physical activity. My husband's a boxing coach, so that helps. But we've also got a yoga mentor, a female personal trainer. So just some just the it's widely researched how good the um, mental benefits are for physical activity and naturally getting back to real food we don't I'm not there's certainly no perfection when it comes to teaching them you know we don't talk about gluten-free or paleo we don't use shitty buzzwords like that but just back to basics food you know it's okay to have a bit of raw carrot and and stuff and, and we also open the idea that it's okay to have goals we do goal setting gratitude diaries and and the idea embracing community we in our groups we embrace the community of each other so after the program's finished it's about empowering them to go on to build their own communities and and that sort of stuff so that's it in a really big nutshell <laughs> it's, just, it's like oh okay so you're just doing that okay cool yeah. Um, just something just keeping it small and achievable at the outset um but uh, how many kids so it's like a program is it a year-long program or how do they come in to emerge how do you find them so I guess that was a huge lesson for me is how do I find these kids I know they're there if you go through it's a local project for now so you can see them everywhere in our town, you know, late night hanging out at the local Maccas or the, the local shopping centre. I think it's probably in every town you'll probably find the forgotten children, I like to call them, out on the streets. So, But I, I kept thinking, how am I going to engage with these kids? Because I thought, you know, if I can just have a yarn with them, I can get them to engage with me. But it was hard to find them, you know. I've got a teenager and her friends weren't really the kids that I, I mean, I love speaking to them, but they weren't really the kids I wanted to talk to. So it took a long time getting some feedback. And, you know, also it's always been really important for me that whatever we do, the program, it has a youth-led voice. So and being different, you know, it wasn't about my ideas might have been crappy. And I keep saying to our girls in the program, I'm trying to build a program that doesn't suck. So if at any point it sucks, can you please tell me? Because and that, that's empowerment stuff, you know, being a part of the process and and the responsibility that they have the input into future programs. So I guess it's taken a long time to build relationships with current community services and alternative schools, looking to those places that are already doing good work and tapping into what they've got, building those relationships and talking to the kids through that. And, you know, it was one of those things I, I was developing the program and I kept putting it off till it was perfect and perfect. And then I got to a point where I go, I'm just not, I'm just not sitting here any longer. I'm just going to go. And we launched it and we shared the program around with all the community services. And it kind of went viral in the community space because everybody was going, wow, this is so needed. This is so wanted. And we just got a bunch of girls together. It's, it's exclusively a girls program at the moment while it's in pilot stage but we've got a boys and a girls program launching in January next year so 
it's just a whole lot of learning and it's just, you know, we tried to do a few youth feedback events where um, we wanted kids to come and hang out with us, but apparently we weren't actually cool enough to hang out with. So we had no kids come along. Yeah, so it's been learning, but I'm building lots of relationships now. It was kind of like the domino effect. You know, once you've got a few lined up, it's just all falling into place now. So, so far, so good. The feedback's been really awesome from young people. They send me text messages and and they want me on Snapchat. I don't know about that, but they send me text (laughs) messages say thank you this is awesome and and we've sort of built this mutual respect you know we're doing this together and it's it's really it's really exciting actually it's cool so will they be you know will you be training them up just for the food side of things or will someone will people be taking bookings or doing customer service like how much of it is a is it led by so, um, you know, it'll run like a, an everyday business. So it's a social enterprise business. So um, social enterprises, it's becoming cool again, I guess, because it's really, really successful because it's using the principles of traditional commercial business to solve social problems. So a lot of places, community services and things like that, they they do amazing work. But if you, you look around, they're all reliant on government funding Um, and so that creates an atmosphere where everybody's competing for that funding and sometimes some of the funding is going back into trying to get more funding and so social enterprise the idea is to to make a profit out of the business to help sustain well goes straight back into the business but also into the programs as well so it'll operate like a business and there'll be staff on board so that the business is going great and initially in this startup stage that has to be really really good so we've got as much as I'd love to I'm not the cook in that kitchen we've got um the lady we're buying the van from we're kind of buying the chef as well so she's coming on board to cook for us and that puts me in a position where I can be a total mentor and a total coordinator to make sure that everything is really successful but um yeah so the kids will have the opportunity to the van is really squishy when you've got way too many but we can fit two or three kids in at a time with plans to grow and so they'll jump on board and do a 12-week program with me which is all about the goal setting the food the cooking skills the basic stuff and then we get them to do some work experience so no more than three hours at a time and for about three or four weeks so it's towards the end of the 12-week program so it's nothing we're building those relationships first chucking them in and they're doing the work experience. From that point, they may wish to pursue a traineeship. So it's a traineeship like anywhere else. And, yeah, they'll jump in and a traineeship is about eight months. So we've we've teamed up with a training organisation who is also really passionate about social, fixing social problems and giving young people and the other people that they work with that space to give them that room. Because, you know, I don't know if you've ever worked in a cafe but in a cafe setting it's really fast paced if you screw up there's a bit of yelling there's you know there's that pressure so we're trying to create that when the staff will take the pressure there's no doubt there'll be pressure but trying to take it off the kids a little bit also we have kids who may not do our program but they're really just dying to do some work experience kids Mm. all kids but especially those who are trying to get their life back on track they just can't get anyone to give them a shot. They need something on their resume, just a few basic skills, you know, how to use an FBOS machine or how to do a bit of customer service. So it's open for kids to do that as well. It's it's really holistic. It's really something for everybody and, and all kids, 
who identify, we want them to self-refer. They can, we want them to be a part of the program or the program won't work, not being forced to be there. But they can be referred from other services too. So it's about building those, collaborating and building those relationships with other services so that we're all working together. I'm not definitely not the, um, we're not therapy, though we are therapeutic. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I just can't believe you just work away in the background. You're just getting this done. It's so fucking inspiring. <laughs> like I am so inspired hearing your story. And I've been so inspired watching this process happen, seeing the place of integrity that it's all coming from, the genuine desire to serve, to change lives. Like yeah. you are, you, you know, Jen Shaw, you are a change maker yeah. and you are like all of these people, like what a gift you are to Toowoomba and all of that and and you're also managing your own tribe of kids yeah Yeah, somehow yeah (laughs) like you even have like there's even a baby in the mix and you're still just making all this happen and that's why I wanted to support you as a sponsor I was like any way that I can help with this I will help because I just want because also like so I, I think we should talk about the crowdfunding campaign because this stuff doesn't just like there needs to be money to be able to make this stuff happen um the biggest barrier i think (laughs) yeah like i've done all the study i've spoken to the community who's gonna pay for this yeah Yeah. so and because of the you know just the the nature of how we want to run as a social enterprise is using those principles of business so we're kind of stuck in between the world of business where you might go and remortgage your house or borrow some money off your mum or whatever to get started in business and the old go for a grant, compete for the funding. So we're stuck in this place where what do we do? So it's a downfall but it's also a really good thing too because you can play both worlds a little bit. So we can still apply for funding and grants. So, again, that is hugely competitive. So I have built a really solid beautiful community of people on social media and of course that wasn't on purpose for this I did have no idea when we started that I'd be doing this but many people along the way have said how can we help so I've been spending a lot of time also researching crowdfunding initially I sort of thought oh I'll just type something up on the internet and that'll be it I'll put it out there and we'll raise all the money that we need and you know kumbaya around the bush (laughs) Fire. But um, apparently that's not exactly how you do that. So, um, yeah, a lot of work has gone into crowdfunding. So, and I'm finding a lot of people don't know what crowdfunding is. Isn't it funny you get caught up in a, you know what you're talking about because you've been reading it, but other people go, what's crowdfunding? Like we have a dinner together or something. I don't know. So crowdfunding <laughs> is online. It's using an online platform. Um, we're using a company called Chuffed, which is really dedicated to social enterprises like ours and not-for-profits. It's a bit different to the old GoFundMes. It's, yeah, definitely dedicated for something like ours. And so for 35 days, the campaign will run from November the 6th through to the 11th of December. That's a really good, even though that's going to be a huge 35 days for me, that's a really good size for a campaign. It's, you know, you can literally jump on and give us $5 or $100, but we set up a few rewards because we really want people to be a part of this story now, but also 20 years from now. So we set up some stuff that will be really beneficial. So on the we've got a van, so let's pimp it out with some cool stuff. So we'll have a panel of people's names. So that might be Lisa Cordiff or the Cordiff family. 
that's that's not open to businesses. That's that's people because this is a different as community driven project. Though in saying that, we do have a large fan, so we can put some business sponsorship on there too. Like it's like we're gonna go everywhere. We predominantly will be in Toowoomba, but we can drive. So we're like a movable billboard. So we've got some spaces there for business logos and and the panel. We've got an ebook. I. It's just my thing, I guess. I've done a couple of cookbooks, so it just felt natural to have a book as part of it. Food and nutrition is a big part of our programs with our kids and the food that we teach them is stuff. A lot of our kids are in residential care or foster care and they haven't really had mum or dad or grandma teach them how to cook or it's not been a priority anyway. And we find a lot of the kids that are coming over to us, they... um, they're eating takeaway food. They're not really sure how to cook. So the ebook is called Leaving Home. So it's really, it, it's it's a good cross between the kids who haven't had someone teaching that stuff, but also like for my kids, an ebook you might give your kids when they leave home so that you know that they're actually eating something decent. And that's probably my most prized reward of the whole campaign. We've got some little things like we can high five you on social media. I mean, not really high five, but, you know, we can say thank you and and we just really want everybody to get behind it because it is a community thing. And I hope everyone, you know, is, is excited about it as I am, maybe terrified as well a little bit. <laughs> you are so ready for this. But I know you feel how scared you must feel <laughs> because it's like the, the crowdfunding thing is so exciting and fun, but it's really like, well, this is it now. Like yep. what's your goal? How much is it that you need to raise? So um, we've been really privileged with the van. We're able to use it now on a sort of a borrow sort of a scheme, but we're able to buy it for um, $57,000 outright. So where our goal is 60000 so that we can own it, we'll own it, we don't have to borrow it and we don't have to feel like if we crash it we're in big trouble. But it also gets us started up with some stock for the van as a stretch goal. So that. That'll get, that'll get us moving. We're going forward with that. It's happening anyway. A stretch goal because we've also agreed to sign a lease for a dedicated youth space in Toowoomba, which is so long overdue. There's been meetings in Toowoomba for like 30 years about creating a dedicated youth space and no one ever gets it done. So I just went, I'm getting it done. So I've agreed to sign a lease. So um, anything stretched from making 60000 I mean 60000 no biggie, no. No worries. Just um, 60K, yeah. Nothing. So anything more than that will go straight towards that youth hub. So, you know, we've got a three-month bond, one week, uh, one month in advance of the rent, plus the little bits and pieces, turning the lights on and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's no biggie, 60K, but, you know, right near Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. This is why I just think it's important for people to know your story is so much a part of this yeah and I think trusting someone to pull something like this off you really need to know that they're in it you know even just hearing you say in 20 years time like this is not just some flash in the pan thing this is your life's purpose and this is going to change the lives of many many people and it's coming from you know, just the most genuine, authentic place from one of the loveliest people that I've ever known. So, you know, I just am like, I don't don't understand why people wouldn't want to help something like this happen. It's so hard for us to feel like the money that we earn is going to something, a bigger purpose than us, you know, than paying our bills and 
all of the the things, you know. So a crowdfunding campaign like this, a project like this put together by you, it's like an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, I and like, you know, I don't think, you know, there's there's other youth services. People keep saying to me, what about all the youth services that keep popping up? Like social enterprise, I mean, it's definitely not a new concept. Lifeline has had social enterprise mm. You know, you can go in and buy secondhand clothing. So it's not a brand new concept. But I think we've come to a point in community services and helping people where um, the government can only give out so much money. Mm. You wait so long for things to get changed and systems are so broken, like worldwide systems are broken, especially in child protection. So I think projects like this, you know, it serves what we want to do here in Toowoomba, but it gives other people inspiration and motivation to do stuff like this in their own communities. If I can do it, anyone can. And I keep, you know, sometimes we go, but I'm, I haven't studied this and I don't know the ins and outs of government, da 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 But it really just takes a couple of caring people with a little bit of drive and passion to get a project like this started. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if there was something like this in every city around Australia? Yeah. You're not a you're not a small thinker. No, uh, no, no. Um, it's like let's just change the world with food vans. And but I think this is absolutely something that you could, you know, show people the process in which you set this up, train yeah. other people to do all of that. Like there's so much potential because do you know what I know for absolute sure is this is going to fly and it's going to be amazing. Because you and your husband have both run businesses as well. So you're coming at it. On another podcast I do, we interviewed the general manager of Food Connect, which is a social enterprise, and, you know, connecting farmers straight with the buyers, so sort of cutting out the middlemen and all that sort of stuff. And she's a woman who is passionately committed to the cause, but it a really savvy businesswoman. And I think I love exploring these ways in which business can be used as a positive social force, you know. And so this is just this is just another example of people going, look, I know this stuff, I know how to run a business, but how can we do this yeah. for, for good? That's right. And it's, you know, I guess entrepreneurs possess a certain element of that risk-taking sometimes a little bit of craziness and they just say yes to things and just find a way to get them done whereas in a lot of other traditional community services there's so much waiting mm. things and that's just so opposite to what an entrepreneur does like you probably know you just say yeah let's do it and then they're freaking out for the next six months trying to get it done but it gets done and not to bad community services I mean it's it's there's a lot of passionate people who want to do those things but they're bound by a lot of red tape whereas we've got that flexibility to um to just get things done (laughs) I I remember working for a not-for-profit and I don't think that whole time I was there for maybe nine or ten months I don't think I did any actual work no and I didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur at the time but in my previous job I'd just think up cool ideas and my boss would be like, okay, well, if you can raise the money to go ahead and do that, then do it. And I'd be like, yeah. sweet, I'm going to go find people to sponsor this or do this and then I'd get something up. And But in a not-for-profit setting when there has to be so many, you know, boxes to tick yeah. and you need to get a review done 
And then you need to do a survey and then you need to, I was like, just get me out of here. This is not what I signed up for. I like the nimbleness of the social enterprise model. And I like that also the skills that that they're going to be exposed to running a business. Yeah. I definitely think that like the playing field is so open at the moment for people to start their own businesses and if you can show them what's possible, oh, my gosh, like oh, the, the possibilities for them. I had a, a chat with Queensland's chief entrepreneur, Mark Selby. That's such a huge fancy title, but he's just this amazing guy who had this hugely successful investment company. And I was so intimidated when I met him because, you know, he's got billions of dollars. I mean, probably maybe not billions, but, you know, he just knows his stuff. So someone like me who's sort of, broke and (laughs) um, I had this meeting with him it was a half an hour quick mentorship meeting and I was so terrified about what he'd think about my ideas for social enterprise and and all sorts of stuff and he gave me for a business person he gave me the best advice ever and he said everybody he invested in as part of his investment company that ever went on to be successful and really do um, some amazing stuff had all come from backgrounds of trauma. So women had been in domestic violence relationships, kids who'd been in foster care, young mums, people who had really done some really tough stuff because they possessed a really awesome element that entrepreneurs need, which is resilience. He found a lot of people who'd sort of been given that silver spoon in their mouth and delivered everything their whole life. They didn't weren't ever as successful so I've taken that and when I'm having a really bad day because sometimes I'm going you know who am I who do I think I am you know I never finished school I'm just an old street kid you know I don't know nothing and then I go back to that and I I remember what he said and this guy has invested in million dollar companies like he really knows his stuff about yes and you know resilience that's what what makes the difference so when I'm thinking about the young people we're mentoring I'm always thinking, you know, you guys are already possessing what it takes to be amazing in the future. Sky's the limit. And I get to say to them, it was me too, you know, me too. But, you know, anyone can say to them that you've already possessed resilience. You've already seen the shittiest stuff in the world. So what's the worst that could happen if you just try to be awesome? So, yeah, and and particularly that we've definitely... back to my visionary head, we'll build this commercial kitchen within the youth hub and then we can support these kids. You know, they get an idea, this is my pipe dream, it's not going to happen for all kids. But, you know, they do a traineeship with us, they find a passion for food like I did maybe and they go on to go, well, I want to do a cake business or something and then we can support them through the business and there can be a really big chain of awesome events that come from that, I reckon. I just got shivers all over and (laughs) the potential to cry when you were talking about all of that because, like, what you're on the precipice of is get, you know, this business being up and running, a successful crowdfunding campaign that is going to have huge, massive, tangible, positive impacts on not only individuals but you think, like, their future children, their family who suddenly watch them soaring to new heights and getting their shit together and suddenly like just the exponential ripple effect of what you're doing. I think you're a total rock star. (sighs) Thank you. (laughs) And I think that, you know, whatever you have gone through in your life to get you to this point, you have like that 14-year-old sitting on the doorstep yeah you are absolutely are putting it into like 
it does mean something. It does. It does. And it's um and and it gives me a why as well, you know, like and everyone's story is different, totally different. Like um a lot of kids they we see a lot of kids who are disengaged, but hey, their family is really supportive. But um, you know, and it when I'm having a shit day, I go and spend some time with our girls, our Emerge Girls program, and it just brings me, it doesn't matter that, you know, someone's told me the, the whole thing won't work or it doesn't matter I haven't found the money or I haven't met the goal. I go and spend some time really in the raw with these girls and they're just telling and they're relating to me and they, they're coming to a program where they weren't engaging with anything before and that gives me that why. I know exactly why I'm doing it. And, you know, and if I keep showing up, and I'm a role model now to them, so if I give up all of a sudden or it doesn't work and I give up, then I, I have to answer to those kids. So it's really, really cool way to keep yourself accountable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an accountability right there. Yeah, yeah. So if people want to support the campaign, which I'm sure they absolutely do, where should they go to do that? So basically if you're, you're on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook and there'll be no shortage of links to that by looking up Emerge Toowoomba. Otherwise, you can go to our website, Emerge. What was uh, Emerge Cafe? What was the Facebook page? It's Emerge Toowoomba. So Emerge Toowoomba. Okay, yeah. yep. There'll be no shortage of links there, I'm certain. And our website, emergecafe.com.au. So that'll have, again, that'll have links to more information about what we do. You know, there's there's different sponsorship opportunities. Even though this is a Toowoomba project, there's potential to for everyone in Australia to get on board and help and support us. We'll have links to the crowdfund campaign through there. Or if you jump on Chuffed, which is C-H-U-F-F-E-D, and just search for Emerge Toowoomba in there as well, you'll be able to find it. I'm so just, I'm so pleased to be able to help in any way I can because yeah. I think it's just, it's all the good feels and you've worked so freaking hard for this. You're a smart and savvy woman, but you're also gritty and you get it done. And I think that I can't wait to see this fly for you and I can't wait to share this podcast episode with everyone so they can jump on board as well. So thank you for taking time out. I know how busy you are. (laughs) I'm just about to go to a meeting, yeah. (laughs) Go, go, go. Okay, I'll speak to you soon. Beautiful. Thank you. For more inspiration, interviews and know-how, head to smallstepsliving.com. Small Steps Living, inspiring your best life, one small step at a time.